Open mine eyes that I may see Glimpses of truth thou hast for me Open mine eyes, illumine me Spirit divine Love of my life, I am crying I am not dying, I am dancing Dancing along in the madness There is no sadness like to invite you to a soul-level encounter. Music has an incredible ability to proclaim the soul's language beyond what mere words can speak. That's what we seek as we invite our guests to share their song of the soul. You will hear the music that has charted the steps of their spiritual journey, that has provided a touchstone in the soul's dark night and sung the heart's awe and joy when come to the light. Over the next hour, you will be a witness and companion to our guest's spiritual path and sacred testimony. Welcome to Song of the Soul. Today, for Song of the Soul, we're going to take you to the land of real people's music. That's the name under which Josh Dunson has been serving folks with music of the people. Josh has been representing and promoting folk musicians since 1975, helping get music with a message, music that connects with the roots of culture into the ears of many listeners. Josh Dunson is, and this is paramount, a community organizer, and he's brought this talent and gift to the music he wanted to share with the world. Clearly, the musicians and their music are integral to his Song of the Soul. Josh Dunson joins us from his home stamping grounds of Chicago. Josh, thanks so much for joining me for Song of the Soul. It's a pleasure. I'm excited to have you on. This is a new venue for me, the idea of interviewing the person who promotes the musicians. Tell us about Real People's Music. Sure. It was started in 1975. I had written a number of books and done a number of interviews, two and separately with Joe Heaney and Olabel Reed. They were wonderful, outstanding traditional musicians who I sent my article to before it was published, and they made corrections, and it was published, and I really liked it. So when they got in trouble at the festival, the same festival, a week later I got separate calls from both of them saying, we can't stand this, they don't understand us, they mistreat us. They had kids in our family room when we were trying to sleep, (laughs) and on and on and on. So I said I would do it for the fun of it, and for five years I did, and it was just 
uh, very joyful. Ola got sick and could not travel, so it was very limited. But Johini I represented until his death. Joe was, uh, if I had to pick with great, great difficulty, the best singer I've ever heard, I would say Joe Heaney would be that person. He uh, won prize after prize in competition, but he was also a great performer. He would go unaccompanied. He always sung unaccompanied. He would go in front of the Philadelphia Folk Festival with 10,000 in the audience and keep them fascinated. It was as you could hear a, a stone drop out on the on the woodside. So it was really exciting because he also really believed that the music should be represented as it was taught to him. But also he interjected a lot of creativity in it. Uh, he sung beautifully in Gaelic and in English. He was the only non-politician given a state funeral when he died by the Republic of Ireland. Something I know he would have been very proud of. His calling card song was The Rocks of Bonn. And, and when our family went to visit Joe's grave in, in Karna and Connemara, in the west of Ireland, we saw a tractor plowing rocks. It really is that way. Just like the song says, you plow the rocks. There's very little soil. And, it's, and they try to make your living off the land. For you must rise up early from the clear daylight dawn. I'm afraid you'll never be able to plow on the rocks and rise up, gallant Sweeney, and give your heart some hay. And give him a good feed of before you go away. Don't feed him all soft up. Put him out on your green lawn Or I'm afraid he'll ne'er be able To plow on the rocks of And my shoes they are well worn now My stockings they are thin my heart is always trembling, afraid I might give in. My heart is always trembling, from the clear daylight till the dawn. I'm afraid you'll ne'er be able to plow on the rocks of all. And my course at you, Sweeney, you have me nearly robbed. You're sitting by the fireside with a dojin in your gob. You're sitting by the fireside 
Brown clear daylight till the dawn And I'm afraid you'll never be able To plow the rocks And I wish the Queen of England would send for me in time. And they put me in some regiment, all in my youth and prime. I would fight for Ireland's glory. From the clear daylight till the dawn And I never would return again To plow the rocks aborn As I'm sure you understood, that is Rocks Aborn by, by Joe Heaney. Joe is no longer with us, as you also heard, but his music is still out there, and you should check it out, especially if you want to learn Gaelic. I was to Ireland back in 2004. Didn't master the language, but the accent is just so engaging. When he's singing that song, Josh, at the beginning, it it almost sounds like he's not speaking English. Is that just because of the heavy Irish accent, or is that he's not actually singing in Gaelic in that song, is he? No, no, it's English from the start, but it's Sean No's style. He's finding his way into it at, the, at every song he sings, Gaelic or English. So that's what you hear. And whereas if you had uh, oh, a wonderful English ballad singer like Louis Killen, he would sing first word crisp and clear. <laughs> whereas that, that's, not the, that's not that part of Ireland's style at all. So he was one of the first two singers that you started representing with real people's music. You said you were just going to do it as a lark for five years. Did it become a profession then? And and why specifically this? Was it because you're so well-connected? Is it love of the music, love of the individuals? What really got you going into this? Well, I think all three, but what got me going was the trouble that Joe and Ola both had dealing with folk music promoters who would not patiently hear out their concerns. And so <laughs> things were, would be not as they expected when they arrived. What Joe Heaney would do after a while would just not show up. And he did not like that. And he said, I want to be at every engagement. Olabelle would just adjust and go on. She became quite ill right after I started representing her. I had a wonderful national tour for her. And we had to cancel. But we were very close friends. I co-wrote an autobiography with her, which is not published, but hopefully will be some year. And she was she was raised in western North Carolina, was a what she called a hillbilly leader. She really, when people relocated, they kind of was an internal migration to northeastern Delaware and northern Maryland. Her store that she ran with her brother Alec was the center. Uh, people coming in and saying, well, this person is cheating me or that person is okay. I want you to help him out or her out. Ola adopted 43 foster children. I didn't adopt them, but took them in and had great times with them. I met a lot of them. And, of course, what was their most famous thing that they had going for them was Sunset Ranch, where they helped to build it. Ola's husband, Bud, and Ola was the opening act to all the bluegrass greats, the Monroe, both Charlie and Bill and Ralph Stanley. And Del McClurry was just almost out of short pants when he started singing there with her. And so she was very well known for that in a radio show she had out of WWVA in West Virginia. But 
folk people didn't know her at all. And once they discovered her, they really, really liked her. She really connected. And that's, I guess, one of the reasons I go into this music. I don't represent anyone who doesn't connect with me and I think would connect with anybody, whether they're folk music people or, or not. I was just sad that Ellen never could appear in the college campuses. She just, her health, she couldn't travel. But she would have been perfect for that. She really could reach people. So maybe we can have a sample of her music as well? Oh, I think so. I'd recommend Ivan Dured, which talks a lot about her life and very, very um, straightforward fashion, but I think connects with what people are going through now with the Great Recession. So it's the reason I would suggest Ivan Dured. Of course, it's just a family. It's, it's Bud, her husband, and David, who is a wonderful picker and a good gospel singer in his own right. Ivan Dured, Olabel Reed. time you got exposed to Ola Bell Reed, if you haven't been already. That was her song, I've Endured. The song was chosen for today's Song of the Soul by Josh Dunson. He is the principal force there behind Real People's Music, and she was one of his clients back when he first started up back in the 1970s. Tell me a little bit more about how you work this with clients. I mean, you must have an immense network to be able to book these shows all over, or is it just know-how? It's, it's so different in the world, of course, of Internet. It is very different. But in those days, it was all a snail mail, or it wasn't called. That was That's what you had. And I started something called, I didn't call it at first, but it ended up being called the Real People's Music Occasional which was sent out to all my contacts, both the folk world and the college world, and performing arts to a certain extent. They would call, and everything was done on the phone. 
And that's been almost completely re- replaced by email now, although I still mail out the occasional because I think it's uh, unusual to get something in the mail with a little hard-to-read scribbled note. And it gives some continuity to what I do. Arrangements with all my artists, there's no signed contract. It's trust, and we just kind of think things through. I send a letter where I think what we talked about, they send a letter back saying, that's right, or well, let's change this thing or whatever, and we just do it. And that's the kind of relationship that I would want with someone I represent. I know larger agencies have to do protection, but I never had. I never expected to make money. I didn't lose money my first five years. But then, 1980, I said, time to be a business. My daughter's just born. I want to be home raising her. This is a great opportunity. So right away, I lost money. It was pretty much the case it was for another four or five years. And then I started to make a little But My spouse said to me once, you know, I figured out, Josh, what you make per hour, and it's less than minimum wage. I said, okay, (laughs) that sounds right. (laughs) So even in the best years, that's what it was. There was a time in the folk boom where a lot of money was to be made if you represented certain people, and and it was. But then as that changed, major actors and that major agents dropped out, and then it left a lot of people who just kind of got along together and were part of the folk world that you find is something like the Folk Alliance meeting in Memphis in mid-February, and it's a wonderful place to go. Matter of fact, some people call it folk heaven, so I'd recommend it to all your listeners. One of the things that it says on your site, Josh, is multicultural and family programming since 1975. You know, folk music I don't necessarily think of as international, but, you know, you do cover a bit of the globe, and it also lists yourself as an agent, author, and social activist. So is this music, is it just music's sake, or is it, are you trying to change the world? Oh, yeah. People ask me what I do for a living, and I say, make trouble. And they laugh, but I really mean it, and in, in a way to, in a, in a positive way. What's brought money in for my family is I've been a community organizer and a trainer for many years, and now I'm an advocate for passenger rail in the Midwest, including Wisconsin, which just had a terrible defeat by your current governor. Tell me about it. There's a lot of people up here gnashing teeth and saying, who voted for him? Yeah, I don't think anyone took it seriously that he's going to do it. Three of the big papers that endorsed him said after the election, now don't return this rail money. We really like you. We like what you stand for other than that. That was true. Certainly there are hundreds come out to these hearings that were held on, on Wisconsin Rail. You know, they just, they were all very committed. And there are people, as one CEO said, who runs a big coffee distribution company, said, you know, we never thought we'd be in the same platform with environmentalists and social activists, but this is really important. We all agree 100% on this one. So it was, it was very pleasant. And I think that's the kind of folk music I represent that reaches out to people, gets them to either, as Cy Khan says, I'd love to preach to the choir. So that's important, too, because the choir needs support, but also people who might want to join the choir. This music gives them a bridge, I think. Tom Paxton used to say when I was around Broadside as, as a social activist, which published Tom's and Bob Dylan's songs and those and Phil Oaks, he used to say, you know, I write songs with the chorus. If they agree with me, they sing the chorus. If they don't, they don't. And I thought that was, you know, he had some insight there. But Cy Khan has been a very close friend. He was one of the first people I represented in, in 1980. And the late Bruce Kaplan, who was the president of uh, Flying Fish Records, which had a lot of wonderful recordings, introduced us and hoped that we hit it off, and we really did. I still represent him to this day, even though he's semi-retired now. It's hard to pick a song to recommend for Cy, because he has so many great songs, but I thought I'd pick one that's not that well-known, one that moved me the first time I hear it, and I hear it again and again about 
what's winning in some sense in a pool game and what's really losing. It's one of my favorites. It's called Rackham Up Eddie. The pool hall is crowded on Saturday night. The lights are as dim as a dance hall. All the boys in the back with their Budweiser grins let their money all ride on the eight pole. It's five in the corner and two in the side. You don't know what I'd give just to see her. Here I come, my Betty. I'm lucky tonight, and there's nothing to do but to be here. The cloth is as soft as the touch of her hair, green as the grass on the river, and the click of the balls like the sound on the rails of that slow train that's took her Rackham up, Betty, did you hear she left town? She ain't gonna find no one better. It's eight in the pocket and drinks all around. I'd give all I've got to forget her. So pay up, good buddy, hang up your cue. Every shot that I call just goes spinning. I'm running the table with tears in my eyes, but it's only the money I'm winning. If you're betting against me, you'll lose your last dime. Hey, wreck em up, Betty, I'm screaming. There's no place like pool halls for wasting your time, and there's no time like after for dreaming. Saikon, Rackham Up Eddie, one of the many gems that Saikon has produced. And as Josh said in picking it for his Song of the Soul, it's one of the lesser-known songs. Uh, there's so many wonderful songs. I've been singing along with a group of people that gets together and sing here by Saikon. He's really produced some gems. And I'm going to have him on the program in another couple weeks. He'll be with me for both Song of the Soul and Spirit in Action because he's, like our guest, Josh Dunson, is an activist. I guess that's why you connected so well. You're both fighting for the working people, and I hear in the background hammers or something going. Is it just you can't stay away from those working people? What's going on in your house there? No, we, we had a flood in July. <laughs> You're still repairing the damage. I apologize to your audience for that. But, you know, it's, it's, not, it's not oppressive. It's not a steam drill or anything like that, which I was <laughs> operating once here. You know, you mentioned, Mark, about multicultural programming, and I've done a lot of my booking on a college campus through an organization called the National Association for Campus Activities. When I started there, there was very little that wasn't white on a college stage by student activities presentations, yet they had the most money, and it was the students' money that brought whoever they brought, which were largely comedians or mainstream music groups or imitations of the Beatles. So when I brought uh, Catherine Davis in, she was an African-American, an African-American great, great blues singer who was raised church. If you look at the really wonderful African-American blues singers uh, today and in the past, they usually were raised in a, a down-home church and sang in the choir. And then when they went into the blues, they, they alienated a lot of their old friends and companions. So 
Catherine Davis could reach just about anybody. It was wonderful. I remember I was one that had showcases where they would have students from maybe 400 schools, sometimes 1,200 schools was the national. And there was one in the South, which is utterly incredible. That was once Catherine was paired with Sidney James Wingfield, who was a fine musician. They were singing one of the blues, and you get prizes. And one of the prizes they got was these mini flashlights. And they brought up the mini flashlights, and every single person in that audience was waving the flashlights at the rhythm on the stage. Now, this is with people 99.9% had never heard the blues before. Maybe half of them had never really been exposed positively to African-American music. It was a incredible triumph for what I stand for and for Catherine and Sydney's musicians. I didn't have a recording of Catherine and Sydney together, but Erwin Helfer also was part, was originally the pianist with, with Catherine. So what follows may be a little rough in recording, but it really gets over what she does when she gets on stage. She's a magnet in this way Joe Heaney was, but she reaches out and gets people to participate in a way that is soul to soul. It's, it's not it's not superficial. It's not clap along. It's very much your part of this song. Uh, the other person who I never represented but always loved was Bernice Regan, and she did the same thing with her songs. So I, I suggested Good Morning Blues from the Chicago Blues Festival front porch stage about 1985. I love it. Y'all feel all right? I I was in my formal, but I, I had to change y'all. I had to get loose. That's all right to get loose, right? Come on, y'all, put your hands together. Let me feel your vibrations. Come on, y'all. I see y'all in the back. Come on, y'all.
That's a portion of the performance by Catherine Davis back in 1985, Chicago Blues Festival. As you can tell, it was old technology then. That was not CD technology. It's a cassette. It sounds like a bootleg cassette to me. Was that what it was? No, well, you know, it's a, that's a term used for major record companies. No, they, they recorded her performance there with Irwin and gave her a cassette. And then we made a bunch of copies of the cassette. What you hear or just heard is pretty low grade even for a cassette, but it's not not a bootleg. It's something that that's part of what an artist got for appearing on Chicago Blues Festival was a recording of their performance. If you just tuned in, you're listening to Song of the Soul, and this is a Northern Spirit Radio production. Our website is northernspiritradio.com. O-R-G. You can go there and find all of our archives the last five and a half years, links to our guests, a whole bunch of information. Our guest today is a special treat. Josh Dunson is the force behind Real People's Music, website realpeoplesmusic.com, and he represents people, as it says on the website, for traditional cultures of working people. That's the kind of artist that he's aiming at. He did this out of love from his heart, I believe. And so having him as my guest here today for Song of the Soul seemed very appropriate. You've been representing people since 1975, Josh. People come and go. What's what's the biggest number of people you've ever represented at once? And what state are you at now? Is it down to 100 people or what? Well, the largest, uh, and that was really hard to do, was, was about 12. And I haven't talked to them about them at all, but some of the people represented as musicians are also known as lecturers. For example, Cy Khan got his work on the college campus as a lecturer, talking about the organizing and social change. Robert Mirapol, the son of F. Julius Rosenberg, uh, represented for about eight years. So there were others, and so that, but right now we're down to three. <laughs> and that is Cy. Peggy Seeger, and Laura Fuentes. Well, along the way, you must have had a lot of wonderful people you represented. Anybody you want to dig up from the annals of history? Yes, as someone who's very much uh, alert and alive (laughs) in Twin Cities, who stopped working with me because he didn't want to travel. And unfortunately, there's very little to be done in your own land. Tom Dayhill lived almost all his whole life in St. Paul. His grandfather was the chief of police, and he grew up in a very strong Irish community, which had a lot of links to the past. I first heard him when I was covering clubs in Chicago, ethnic clubs for Chicago Magazine. And uh, he was uh, one of the stars of the Abbey and the Glen Chess with the Dayhill's Irish band, and then later as a solo. And he also did reasonably well on the college campus because he could reach anyone. And in a, I don't know if your listeners know Irish pubs, listening uh, word for word is not what you do there. You enjoy yourself. You're, you can be quite rowdy and be quite fine. And he just brought people along with him. He even did ballads there, which uh, were hard to do. And he also was a great player for step dancers. And it would be just magic. We all had a great time. And he's still a friend. I try and see him. The <laughs> rare times I get up to the Twin Cities. The Galway Shawl is a calling card for many Irish and Irish-American musicians. But one of the hosts for Wisconsin Public Radio, Judy Rose, when this CD came out and this version of Galway Shawl came out, she said, finally, I've been looking for years for a version of Galway Shawl. I can feel I can play. So it's a, it's a beautiful song. 
it's a very flirtatious song in its own way. If you're a couple out there having a good time, no matter what age, that's really for you. And then it ends with a lovely dance tune. It's a good representation of Tom's best. Nearer and more In the county Galway One pleasant evening In the month of May I met a Colleen She was tall and handsome And her beauty stole my breath away She wore no jewels Nor costly diamonds No paint nor powder none at all She wore a bonnet With ribbons on it And round her shoulders On the Galway shawl As we kept walking As we kept talking Till her father's cottage came into view. She said, come in, sir, and meet my father, and pay to please him the old foggy dew. I played the sat me down before the fire beside her father who stood six foot tall and soon her mother had the kettle singing but all I could think a Galway shawl. She wore no jewels or costly diamonds, no paint nor powder, and none at all. She wore a bonnet with ribbons on it. Early, early, all in the morning, I hit the road on to Donegal. She hugged and kissed me, 
She left me, but my heart remained with the godless She wore no jewels, nor costly diamonds, no pains nor powder, and none on it and round her shoulders on the Galway shawl Tom Dayhill from his recording Let the Goat Out it was Galway shawl good old traditional Irish song and Galway is a special place during my visit there back in 2004 we went to a pub, and it was kind of a jam session night. It wasn't a performer. And so different people stood up and sang a ballad in French and Gaelic and English and everything. It was it was a wonderful time. I really appreciated the singing culture there that, to a large degree, we've lost in the United States. So it's really great that with Real People's Music, Josh, you're making this kind of stuff available. It really just doesn't happen enough in the U.S. I agree. I think it doesn't. I do note that on the college campus, which once really turned on to singing along, even though it was a very strange experience for people, that's much less the case. It's going a lot towards the mainstream programming. It's going a lot to novelty, getting your photograph in a big chair. And so, and also multicultural programming, was, which was very strong and had special money in the more prosperous days, was the first to be cut. Probably the one of the most beautiful, most expressive, and knowledgeable educators and performers that I've represented in, in any field was uh, Laura Fuentes, whose roots are in both Chile and Madison, Wisconsin. And she was someone who would go to a campus and always do a lecture on an overview of Latin American music and bring together, and this is really, it was wonderful the way she would do it, the three basic roots, the Native American from Latin America, the African-American, which is very strong in eastern Mexico, Veracruz, and in Peru, where the African drum is a national instrument, and Spanish music. It's hard to pick a song for her. I found it the most difficult because she just does so many different styles. The Portuguese have this wonderful tradition of fado, very, very sensual love songs. And I said, why not? Why not get a little love making, alluding to love making on this show? If you have so, you have to make love, I think. That's my opinion anyway. This is why I'm a radical. And she sings, uh, Caramba Mi Amor. Sun 
Caramba, Mi Amor, Laura Fuentes. And it's from her CD, Sobre Vida. My Spanish isn't all that good, although I was just down in Cuba back in October, November. She's from Chile. I understand, by the way, I had to look it up because caramba, you know, you see it in cartoons or something. I wasn't quite sure what it was. And I found via that fount of knowledge, uh, you know, Wikipedia, that it's a minced oath, like saying darn or gosh or something in English. So instead of saying something profane, it's a little bit less than that. But it's usually positive. So like, ay caramba is like, wow. Holy smokes, or something like that, I guess. So, caramba, mi amor. I just, I'm, I'm trying to figure out saying that to my lover. It doesn't quite click for me, but then I'm not Spanish. But you think your lover is just absolutely amazing. She's really the ultimate, oh, wow, and that's what this song is about. Well, then I'll just have to use that on my wife when I get home. You should hopefully get it. Just play the song first, and I think you'll do all right, Mark. Yes, I guess I will start her out that way, and then we'll be in the right mood. So we've got a little bit more time. So Josh Dunson, where should we go next with the music of real people's music? Well, one of the all-time great musicians I still represent is Peggy Seeger. She is relocated back to the United Kingdom, comes back once a year for a tour and for Women's History Month in early April. She is the author of the feminist anthem, I'm Going to Be an Engineer, and she also has an incredible feeling for traditional music, for instrumentation, and she at uh, 75 is, sounds like one of the midnight special engineers said, you know, I close my eyes, I hear a 25-year-old woman. I open my eyes, I see a 70-year-old woman. <laughs> and that's true, she's very vital, and her voice is amazing. And I asked that two songs be played for her because they're so different. And yet they're very similar. One is a song that was made in the Great Depression, and it was made by Aunt Molly Jackson. And it really gets at just how desperate a person without any sustenance, a homeless person is. And I think that's unfortunately too true for the Great Recession. The last is Peggy's First Love Ballads. She and her former partner, Ewan McCall, recorded uh, over 100 traditional English ballads. This one is one of them. I think it's Irish more than English, although it's English phrasing. And it's about Napoleon. And Peggy comments in in the CD notes, well, I guess, you know, people forget about how negative Napoleon was in certain ways (laughs) because he's very much romanticized in this ballad. But it's a beautiful ballad with a great tune. It would be a great way to end. It would be like being able to bring back a lot of the past but it was with the, the, the timber of the present. We're going to go into two songs, both of them by Peggy Seeger, little sister of Pete Seeger, that folk icon. First one is Peacock Street, and next you'll hear Napoleon. As I was walking down Peacock Street, no clothes on my back, no shoes on my feet. I was cold, I was hungry, it was late in the fall I knocked down some old big shot, took his money, clothes and all Yeah, I took everything that old big shot had And they called me a robber, they called me bad They called me a robber, they called me bad But misery and starvation done drove me mad. 
Tell me how long must I look for a job? I don't want to have to steal. I don't want to have to rob. They put me in jail for a year and a day for taking all that old big shot's money and clothes away. They turned me loose about an hour ago to walk these old streets again in the rain and snow. I got no money for room rent. I got nothing to eat. You just can't live by walking the street. So tell me how long must I look for a job? I don't want to have to steal. I don't want to have to rob.
Those of ye who have got wealth, pray beware of ambition. For but one degree in fate may reverse your condition. Be steadfast in faith, for what is to come you know not. For fear you be betrayed. Like him on Saint Helene. Two songs by Peggy Seeger, Peacock Street, and we finish there with Napoleon. And she is, of course, half sister of Pete Seeger. Who, uh, is going to, I think, be on my program in within the month. I've got some arrangements right now underway. So he's one of the people who's made real music for people, like the artists that Josh Dunson has been representing as Real People's Music. Again, the website is realpeoplesmusic.com. And Josh Dunson has been with us here, picking out songs of his soul, which is so much engaged. I want to mention about all of these people you represent. I don't know if it's all all of them, but a large number of them don't just do music. Like Laura Fuentes, you talk about the lecture she gives, uh, the residencies or mini residencies, a lecture and music. That's pretty important to you, and it's it's part of what you were doing with Real People's Music? Yes, and, and it was a part of entering the colleges, getting some co-sponsorship from uh, the academic side, Spanish classes, so that something so strange at that point at college campus when, it, when we started out would be something that at least a portion of, of, of the leadership in the college could identify with. There was the old trick of getting people to the concert the first time, which is, is, is fairly straightforward. If a professor really understood who the musician was, that professor would assign credit for attending. That would triple or quadruple the attendance, student activities offices, count how many student dollars are paid out per person attending, and so it helped immensely. It was very pragmatic. I remember I, I talked Joe Heaney into doing it, and he was very afraid. He, he, was, he was a little insecure about it. Then when he, he gave one of his sessions, uh, talking sessions on, on the culture of Connemara or, or another issue, he said, you know, I really like that. <laughs> That's a lot of fun. <laughs> so it was great for everybody involved, including the professors and the students. Well, it's been great to have you here for Song of the Soul, Josh. The website is realpeoplesmusic.com. You can find about the people that he's represented and is representing a whole lot of good music by real people, the working people, different cultures. It's a rich grab bag that you have there. Thanks so much for joining me for Song of the Soul. Josh Dunson was my Song of the Soul guest today, force behind realpeoplesmusic.com and a rep for many great musicians. As I mentioned, I've had Peggy Seeger on my programs earlier for both Song of the Soul and Spirit in Action because of her dedicated activism as well as her spirited music. Upcoming in about a month, you'll be able to find Cy Khan here, one of my personal favorites, and another of Josh Dunson's clients. 
Sai Khan is an author as well as a musician and activist, including his new book, Creative Community Organizing, A Guide for Rabble Rousers, Activists, and Quiet Lovers of Justice. And that book came out with a companion CD of songs telling the stories of the people in the book. Wonderful way to learn culture and history. And finally, though I can't promise you a for sure, I'm close on the heels of getting Peggy Seeger's older half-brother, Pete Seeger, on my program. Keep your fingers crossed for me, send your prayers, and tune in to Song of the Soul weekly. The theme music for Song of the Soul is by Chris Williamson, and it's called Song of the Soul. My name is Mark Helpsmeet, and this is a Northern Spirit Radio production. You can listen to this program again, track down the list of songs included, and a whole lot more on my website, northernspiritradio.org. And I invite you to share your Song of the Soul with my listeners. Just contact me via my website. And please, join me weekly for Song of the Soul. You can 